Chapter 11 of The Reason Why. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Schmidt. The Reason Why by Robert Kemp Philp. Chapter 11. 208. Why, if you hold a piece of looking glass at an angle towards the sun, will light fall upon an object opposite to the looking-glass, because the rays of the sun are reflected by the looking-glass. 209. Why, when we stand before a mirror, do we see our features therein? Because the rays of light that fall upon us are reflected upon the bright surface of the mirror. 210. Why, if a plate of bright metal were held sideways before a fire, would heat fall upon an object opposite to the plate? Because rays of heat may be reflected in the same manner as the rays of light. Excerpt. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Matthew 25. 211. Why would not the same effect arise if the plate were of a black or dark substance? Because black and dark substances are not good reflectors of heat. 212. What are the best reflectors of heat? Smooth, light-colored, and highly polished surfaces, especially those of metal. 213. Why does meat become cooked more thoroughly and quickly when a tin screen is placed before the fire? Because the bright tin reflects the rays of heat back again to the meat. 214. Why is reflected heat less intense than the primary heat? Because it is impossible to collect all the rays, and also because a portion of the caloric imparting heat to the rays is absorbed by the air and by the various other bodies with which the rays come in contact. 215. Can heat be reflected in any great degree of intensity? Yes, to such a degree that inflammable matters may be ignited by it. If a cannonball be made red-hot and then be placed in an iron stand between two bright reflectors, inflammable materials placed in a proper position to catch the reflected rays will ignite from the heat. There is a curious and an exceptional fact with reference to reflected heat, for which we confess that we are unable to give the reason why. It is found that snow which lies near the trunks of trees or the base of upright stones, melts before that which is at a distance from them, though the sun may shine equally upon both. If a blackened card is placed upon ice or snow under the sun's rays, the frozen body underneath it will be thawed before that which surrounds it. But if we reflect the sun's rays from a metal surface, the result is directly contrary. The exposed snow is the first to melt, leaving the card standing as upon a pyramid. Snow melts under heat, which is reflected from the trees or stones, while it withstands the effect of the direct solar rays. In passing through a cemetery this winter, 1857, when the snow lay deep, we were struck with the circumstance that the snow in front of the headstones facing the sun was completely dissolved.
and in nearly every instance the space on which the snow had melted assumed a coffin-like shape this forced itself so much upon our attention that we remained some time to endeavor to analyze the phenomena and it was not until we remembered the curious effect of reflected heat that we could account for it it is obvious that the rays falling from the upper part of the headstone on to the foot of the grave would be less powerful than those radiated from the centre of the stone to the centre of the grave hence it was that the heat dissolved at the foot of the grave only a narrow piece of snow which widened towards the centre and narrowed again as it approached the foot of the headstone where the lines of radiation would naturally decrease such a phenomena would prove sufficient to raise superstition in untutored minds excerpt the light of the righteous rejoiceth but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out proverbs thirteen two hundred sixteen are good reflectors of heat also good absorbers no for reflectors at once send back the heat which they receive while absorbers retain it it is obvious therefore that reflectors cannot be good absorbers two hundred seventeen how do fire screens contribute to keep rooms cool because they turn away from the persons in the room rays of heat which would otherwise make the warmth excessive two hundred eighteen why are white and light articles of clothing cool because they reflect the rays of heat white as a color is also a bad absorber and conductor two hundred nineteen why is the air often found excessively hot in chalk districts because the soil reflects upon objects near to it the heat of the solar rays two hundred twenty how does the heat of the sun's rays ultimately become diffused it is first absorbed by the earth generally speaking the earth absorbs heat by day and radiates it by night in this way an equilibrium of temperature is maintained which we should not otherwise have the advantage of two hundred twenty one does not the air derive its heat directly from the sun's rays only partially it is estimated that the air absorbs only one-third of the caloric of the sun's rays that is to say that a ray of solar heat entering our atmosphere at its most attenuated limit a height supposed to be about fifty miles would in passing through the atmosphere to the earth part with only one-third of its calorific element excerpt as for the earth out of it cometh bread and under it is turned up as if it were fire job twenty eight two hundred twenty two what becomes of the remaining two-thirds of the solar heat they are absorbed chiefly by the earth the great medium of calorific absorption but some portions are taken up by living things both animal and vegetable when the rays of heat strike upon the earth's surface they are passed from particle to particle into the interior of the earth's crust other portions are distributed through the air and water by convection and a third portion is thrown back into space by radiation these latter phenomena will be duly explained as we proceed two hundred twenty three 
How do we know that heat is absorbed and conducted into the internal earth? It is found that there is a given depth beneath the surface of the globe at which an equal temperature prevails. The depth increases as we travel south or north from the equator, and corresponds with the shape of the earth's surface, sinking under the valleys and rising under the hills. 224. Why may we not understand that this internal heat of the earth arises, as has been supposed by many philosophers, from internal combustion? Because recent investigations have thrown considerable and satisfactory light upon the subject, it has been ascertained that the internal temperature of the earth increases to a certain depth, one degree in every fifty feet but that below that depth the temperature begins to decline, and continues to do so with every increase of depth. 225. Do plants absorb heat? Yes, they both absorb and radiate heat under varying circumstances. The majestic tree, the meek flower, the unpretending grass, all perform a part in the grand alchemy of nature. Excerpt. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. When we gaze upon a rose, it is not its beauty alone that should impress us. Every moment of that flower's life is devoted to the fulfillment of its part in the grand scheme of the universe. It decomposes the rays of solar light and sends the red rays only to our eyes. It absorbs or radiates heat according to the temperature of the aerial mantle that wraps alike the flower and the man. It distills the gaseous vapors and restores to man the vital air on which he lives. It takes into its own substance and incorporates with its own frame the carbon and the hydrogen of which man has no immediate need. It drinks the dewdrop or the raindrop and gives forth its sweet odor as a thanksgiving and when it dies, it preaches eloquently to beauty, pointing to the end that is to come. End of chapter 11